Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School, the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. That's God's will always, that you win. The scripture says he always causes us to triumph, but that's not apart from us. It's connected to us. Our faith is a factor in it. We must believe that he wants us to overcome. We must believe that he's able to uh, empower us to overcome. And we must not quit until we experience overcoming. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom uh, with us. We saved you a seat up in the front. Uh, leave everything behind for a few minutes. Just turn it off. It'll, it'll still be there uh, when you get done or... Uh, if you believe God, it could be fixed time you get back to it. So uh, come on into the classroom. Let's release faith uh, to get fed and nourished today. Father, we uh, present ourselves before you, all of us do, and we say we belong to you. We are yours and we seek your face. We seek your word and your will uh, your, what you would say to us and do for us and in us right now. We ask for it in Jesus' name, and we thank you in advance for great and good things happening in our life. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn in our great textbook, the Bible, uh, to the book of Matthew, the eighth chapter, and then also to the book of Luke, the uh, seventh chapter, Matthew 8. And Luke 7. Now in faith school here, we've uh, we spent a lot of time in Hebrews 11, uh, looking at all the verses and the many wonderful uh, sides of, of aspects of faith, how it comes, what it is, how it's released, how it responds and reacts, how it speaks. Um, and then it'd be worth your while to go back if you weren't with us and and get into that. But then now for some weeks we've uh, begin focusing on faith for healing. Even though faith works the same in every area, faith has to be fed in each area and developed in each area. It's possible to be strong in faith in one area and have no faith at all in another area, just simply because either you hadn't been fed in that area, or you maybe been fed the wrong thing, and uh, you want to uh, replace wrong thinking with the Word of God. Jesus told the religious leaders of his day, he said, you've made the Word of God of no effect because of your traditions. What had happened, religious tradition had replaced the Word of God in their lives. And so they are treating this tradition like it's the Holy Word of God fight you over it, you know, and yet it's something men came up with. It wasn't, it wasn't the Word of God, and you really have to be on your watch for that because just because something has been believed or taught 
uh, are you know, held to for hundreds of years. That doesn't make it right. If it was wrong 500 years ago, it's still wrong. It's just, but because something has been so ingrained into a group or a denomination, um, you, people get to thinking, oh, no, this is holy and reverend, and we've always believed like that. You are easily fooled if you don't know the Word. But when you know the Word, other things that are contrary to the Word stand out to you. And you think, hold on now, that can't be right because this verse says this and this verse says that. And so that's why we got this great textbook, hallelujah, the Bible. And we get established in this, we will not be easily uh, deceived nor misled. And so we've been camping for some weeks now on the series we're calling Faith for Healing. Faith for Healing. Anybody uh, take some extra healing? Today and this week, you know, these bodies, won't it be great later on when we get these bodies get changed and they're no longer subject to uh, weakness and attack, but now they are. And uh, the Bible said, even though the inward man is being renewed day by day, the outer man is decaying. Uh, it's not a nice thought, but uh, when you're born physically, you reach a point where you're at your peak, and then, just like a flower or a plant, you're past your peak <laughs> physically, and eventually you live long enough, then you grow old and die. That's uh, just like the grass of the field, the, the Scripture says. And so, we know that. Uh, we're not down here for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. We're, we're down here for a very, very short period of time. And yet, the Lord in His plan of redemption has included uh, as an earnest of our inheritance the quickening of the Spirit uh, in our mortal bodies. You remember Romans 8 says that if the Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will also quicken your mortal body. Now, mortal is the one you got right now. It's the one that's subject to aging and dying. Later on, it'll be immortal. So he's talking about something that happens right now. And uh, even though we won't experience the full uh, resurrected body right now in this life, we can and we should experience frequent quickenings, quickenings of the Spirit that, that heal us and help us and enable us to run our whole course and finish our whole uh, life that we're supposed to do for God. In order to uh, receive that on a regular basis, uh, your faith needs to be fed. You need to become fully persuaded that it is God's will for you to be healed and healthy and strong. And that needs to be fed just, you know, you shouldn't go too many uh, weeks or whatever, months without getting some kind of feeding on this. Also, you need to feed your faith on provision because there will be challenges to that as well. And if you are healthy in body, sound in mind, and you got plenty of resources and money and things, that's a long ways, right, toward, toward being able to live your life. And it is God's will. I know a lot of people don't believe it, but it is. And of course, why would you think that? Well, I read this book. 
<laughs> it's all in the book. And so look with me in Matthew 8, and we'll continue our study. We, we saw the healing of the leper, which we're about to see again. We saw the healing of Peter's wife's mother. We saw the healing of the paralyzed man. We saw the healing of the nobleman's son. And last time we saw the healing of the man with the withered hand. Now we're on number six in our study, the healing of the centurion's servant. In Matthew 8 and verse 1, when he, Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And boy, there's no wonder why this is in the word, because most of the church going world, that's right where they are, right where this leper was before Jesus enlightened him. Most of the church believes God can heal if it's his will. Isn't that right? Have you ever heard that before? I'm going to talk about most of the church. And yet, don't stop there. Verse 3, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. And what did he say? I will. I will. Oh, somebody say, I will. I will, I will he said, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, there's been all kind of ideas that people say, yeah, but you know, that was Jesus and he was just proving his deity and that, but that's not accurate. That's not what the scripture said. Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Then if he said, I will then, what's he saying now? I will. I will. Is he no respecter of persons? If he said, I will to this man, what would he say to you or me? If he's not saying what he said then, he's changed. If he wouldn't say to me what he said to him, he's a respecter of persons. He's neither. So his I will should stand as the solid answer, is that right, to anyone who would ask this question today, is it your will? Oh, Lord, I know you can. I know you can. If it be thy will. What did he say? I will, I will be clean. And the reason I read this one again is because you see the very same same issue come up again in verse 5 when Jesus was entered into Capernaum there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying Lord my servant lies at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented and Jesus said to him what did he say? I will. When did he say I won't? <laughs> you know like we said, most of the church world believes that sometimes it's his will and sometimes it's not his will and we just don't know why. Well, if you're going to believe that sometimes it's not his will to heal, in order for that to be scriptural, what do you need for it? Some scripture, right? And in all the cases of people healed under the ministry of Jesus, we don't have a one, not a single one. Where the Lord looked at him and said, I'm sorry, it's not God's will to heal you. Not a one. Not a one. In fact, there are many big crowds where the Bible said everybody there got healed. As many as touched him were healed. As many as he touched were healed. Now in a crowd of thousands, surely you've got a few people who are just not very good people. 
<laughs> right? Just been live, living like ungodly people. And, you know, and, and, and in a crowd of thousands, even tens of thousands, we don't have even one, not even one or two, that it wasn't God's will to heal, that, you know, he told them to wait a while. Or, no, that is unscriptural. What we do see is Jesus said, I will, I will, I will, and he healed them all. He healed them every one. As many as touched were made whole. Are we going to believe the Bible? Yes, Are we going to believe men's ideas? Traditional uh, things that men have come up with attempting to answer why this or that did happen or didn't happen. What you'll hear people say, well, look, if it was God's will for people to be healed, everybody to be healed, then they would all be healed. Wrong. You could say the same thing if it was God's will for everybody's uh, sins to be forgiven and be born again and saved, they'd all be saved. Wrong. Even though it's been paid for, bought, even though it is the will of God and it has been freely given, it must be believed, it must be received by faith. Hmm? You won't be born again, even though it's God's will. Unless you believe it and receive it. You won't uh, have, you know, experience your sins being forgiven unless you believe it and receive it. And even though he took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, carried our pains, by his stripes were healed, you won't experience that unless you believe it and receive it. Do I have any believers in the class? Any, any believers in faith school? Yes. This centurion said, my servant is laying at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now, we, we touched on this last week about this torment. Uh, other translations bring out this. It said, uh, he was in bed, paralyzed, and racked with pain, the Living Bible said. The Weiss translation says, he was bedridden, he was a paralytic, constantly tormented. Did you hear that phrase? Constantly tormented. And we went into some detail. We looked in Luke 16 and, and Revelation and other places how that torment is a word used to describe hell. Hell. Torment. Vexation. Pain. Torturous uh, experience. Torment. We know it's not God's will for you to be sick because it involves torment. And there's no way that God's will is for you to experience something of hell. Experiencing torment in this life is a taste of hell. Torment. And there's no way. I've seen this in people's lives. I've seen individuals that were just tormented with this physical problem. It kept them from doing what they wanted to do. It hindered them in their work. It hindered them being a, a parent or being a friend. Uh, I've seen parents just vexed and tormented almost out of their minds over their children suffering and in pain. I've seen situation after situation. You're going to tell me that's the will of God? He wants to see his people tormented? And vexed? No, friend. No. And if it was God 
who put this grievous, tormenting situation on this centurion's servant, there's no way Jesus would have ministered to get him out of it, get him off of it. Can you see that? There's no way he would have because Jesus said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. No, the scripture said this in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He was healing all, don't you like that? And all who were sick that were healed, the Bible said they were oppressed, not by God, they were oppressed of the devil. The Bible calls sickness satanic oppression. And you got part of the church calling it a blessing in disguise. No, a curse is a curse, is always a curse. It never becomes a blessing in disguise. And a blessing is a blessing, is always a blessing. It never becomes a curse in disguise. No, you have to go to school to get this, this confused, <laughs> you, but not faith school. <laughs> No, keep it simple. Keep it with the word. He said, uh, I'll come and heal him. Oh, thank God. I will come, Jesus said. I'll come. I'll come and get him out of this pain and this paralyzed condition. I'll come. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now we see in just a few verses, we saw this last week, that this is one of the two, two instances where Jesus remarked that the person had what he called great faith. Great faith. Uh, and he was, the Bible said Jesus marveled about it. So you got faith, and then you got this. <laughs> this is a high level of faith, great faith. What made it so? How did this military man come to have faith that caused Jesus to marvel? We see characteristics of it in things that the scripture recorded for us. Here's one of them. Great faith is accompanied with great humility. Do you see this? Great humility. We see that um, in Luke, um, just turn over there to, to Luke 7. We'll uh, put some of this together even right now. It said, verse 2, Luke 7, 2, a certain centurion servant who was dear to him. Now see, Luke added that. You didn't see that in Matthew, but uh, he wasn't just somebody who worked for this man. He was somebody that this man cared for. He was sick, and then Dr. Luke adds also he was at the point of death. He was ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. We'll talk more about that later. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this, for he loves our nation, and he has built us a synagogue. 
And if you look at other translations, they bring out at his own expense. He had built them a synagogue at his expense. Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto you, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Here we see a, a, a real contrast to a healing we studied recently, the healing of the nobleman's son. Now the nobleman was a man of some affluence, some position, some wealth, and he expected Jesus to come to his house. And it was the Lord's will that his son be healed, but he, he didn't go with him to his house. He said, unless you see something, you won't believe. And he had to make a big change, but you can see there was this expectation of he'll come. Well, why? Well, he's somebody important. He's a nobleman. And here, uh, this man could have had the same idea because he is a Roman officer who was over at least a hundred soldiers plus um, the, their support, the servants and everything else that they had. And um, Israel was occupied by the Roman military and so they were in charge. And so you would think from a natural standpoint, he could have sent soldiers supposedly to drag Jesus there if he wanted to, but that wouldn't have been faith. Faith has respect. Come on, can you see this? This is another great quality of great faith. You'll see the humility and you'll see the honor. And this man, now again, you don't hear this in every other account. And you also don't hear in every other account that they had great faith. When Jesus says, I'll come to your house and heal him, how many people say, no, <laughs> you don't need to, <laughs> right, right? But to require any more than this man required would be lesser faith. Can you see that? He required no, uh, let me say it right, not seeing anything. He didn't require seeing Jesus come to the house. He didn't require hearing Jesus pray for his servant. He didn't require uh, seeing Jesus lay hands on uh, his servant. He required nothing but a faith command. Right? That's absolute faith in the word only. And that's as strong as faith gets. Can you see that class? And that's where he is. And it was because of his understanding of authority. He, op he operated and lived by a chain of command. And he believed there was a spiritual chain of command <laughs> that was just as real or more real than the one he was used to working with. And he acknowledged that and he said, Lord, I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need to see anything. I don't need to feel anything. Uh, I 
operate under authority, under my superior officers. And I have soldiers under me, and they operate under my authority. I say to a soldier, go, and he goes. Now you think, well, what's the big deal about that? He doesn't think about not going. There's no chance he's not going to go. The, the Roman military was the world-dominating power. And they didn't get that through peaceful negotiation. <laughs> they, they conquered land after country, after army, after army, after army, and it was because they were the best. They were the most disciplined. They were the most proficient. They were the most accomplished. And one of the reasons they were is because you did not consider disobeying an order. It just was not done. And so he understands that. That's how he's lived his life up to this point. And so he said, Lord, all I need is a command from you. All I need is a word. But back to this previous statement. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, they, the Jews, elders of the Jews, pled his case. This is a form of intercession, if you will. They came to Jesus on the centurion's behalf. And they said, Lord, this is a really good guy. Uh, he loves our country. He loves the Jewish people. Uh, he has built a synagogue for us out of his own pocket. Re you know, you, you really ought to do this for him. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But it wasn't based on their estimation. Because when it comes down to it and, and the man sees that he's coming, he says, no. I, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. I don't deserve you to come here. I don't think I do because I built a synagogue or because I have helped the Jews. In other words, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't think you owe me anything because of what I have done. Uh, the scriptures, the, the Phillips translation says, I'm not important enough for you to come. And... Uh, the God's word in the NIV says, I don't deserve to have you come into my house. And, it, and went on to say, uh, that's why I didn't come to you in person. In person. This is really interesting. Boy, you know, the, I believe it's Luke 11 that calls the scripture the wisdom of God. And you, you'll hear people sometimes see, uh, uh, well, you know, it said the elders came. And then it said, well, it said he came. There's a disagreement. No, there's not a disagreement. It's something you don't understand. The Lord did this on purpose to show you how real delegated authority is. Because that's the topic of the whole thing, is this man understood authority. And that's why he had such great faith. And we're out of time. <laughs> Say it out loud, everybody. I live by faith. I walk by faith, I overcome this world by faith, I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. And he is teaching us how to have the highest, greatest, strongest kind of faith. Somebody say, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. Praise God. 
As you can see, we're not done with this. There's a lot more. Come back with us tomorrow. We'll see you next time right here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.